888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Simon from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with none other than Yaro Starak, author of the blog Profits Blueprint and founder of Entrepreneur's Journey, a blog dedicated to helping entrepreneurs start a blog, grow an email newsletter, and make money selling digital products. He's been blogging for over... 10 years and is actually the person that taught me how to blog. He's one of the two guys that started Become a Blogger and is an expert at building blog sales funnels, combining the power of email marketing and digital products in a way that makes money over and over and uh, over. I brought him on here to talk about how to build a blog sales funnel. Anyone can create products, but if you don't sell them, you don't make money. So, the blog sales funnel, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Yaro, my man, how are you doing? Uh, Leslie, I've, I've always wanted to be on the receiving end of, of your intro. <laughs> I've listened to you do that many times on your podcast episodes. It's nice to actually experience it as a guest. So. Well, it's nice to have you. This is kind of... I think it's actually kind of a shame because, uh, you know, we go back so long, back to 2008, and I can't believe this is the first time I've had you on the podcast. Now, I had you on before the official podcast was launched, so I, had a, I felt like, well, I had him on, but I never actually had you on, dude. Why did you take so long? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know, Leslie. I mean, we should apportion blame here. Is it me? Is it you? No, no. Yeah. I, I have to blame you. It'll make me feel better. <laughs> okay, sure. I'll, I've got I've got heavy shoulders. I thick shoulders. I can carry that weight. There you go. There you go. So I had Gideon on about two weeks ago. No, not about two weeks ago. Two weeks ago since this mm -hmm. one, before this one launched. And we kind of went into his story and become a blogger and all that good stuff. So I want to go to the backstory because you're like the grandfather of become a blogger. If, if he's a father, I don't know if we call him the grandmother or whatever but <laughs> okay. i want to know before what how did you even got i mean you have this blog entrepreneur's journey how did this entrepreneur journey start for you okay well yeah it, uh go back in time 1998 was my first taste of the internet uh i, I was given a dial-up account as part of my university studies in brisbane australia and prior to that, you know, I was a console video gaming kid playing Nintendo and Mario, you know, PlayStation. So I never had a computer until I entered university. And that was the first time I got online, fell in love with the computer and the Internet and uh, basically wanted a website. What else do you do when you get <laughs> online? Right. So I, I built a, a basic GeoCities uh, website about a card game I played in high school and university called Magic the Gathering. And, you know, it was a pretty big passion for me at the time, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 year old. And uh, it eventually turned into a, like a legit little business where I had a community, a, a forum community. This is like in, you know, 1999, 2000, using Envision Board. I uh, started selling cards. I started a little e-commerce shop selling my own cards and then getting cards at wholesale. Okay, wait, 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 quick. quick. I, I, got, I got to interrupt you there. This is 1998, all right? Because normally yeah. when people start talking about blogging and stuff, yeah, it was back way back in the days, 2007, 2008. <laughs> yeah. But this is 1998. You started this GeoCities website for this Magic the Gathering. When you started it, did you think business or you, did you think, hey, this is a fun game, I want to, Tell people about it. Well, you know, put this into historical context. We were talking dot-com boom number one time. So, uh -huh. you know, my mind was certainly aware of the potential to have a business online. You know, I, I, I and also I was the kind of person who had no intention of getting a job. Like I, I didn't know how to avoid <laughs> full-time employment, but I was going to avoid full-time employment <laughs> if I could. 
and I did, I did intend to ever look for a job. So I had to figure out another way to make money. And I, I knew business was the likely path. But to be honest, in 1998, I didn't see internet business oh, as okay. the necessary path. You know, I was thinking, who knows, like some kind of retail shop, maybe I'll get a subway restaurant one day. Um, <laughs> who knows, you know? So it was just good timing to be 18 when the internet was also going through its kind of teenage uh -huh. years at the same time. And, uh, you know, I guess a little bit was the intention to make some money. A little bit was simply exploring what it's like to own a website. And, you know, I had to learn how to buy a domain name and how to configure that way, way before we had any tutorials, no <laughs> WordPress software. You know, it was flat HTML website code. You upload a .html file or a .shtml file, oh, static good old HTML days. file. And uh, your website goes live. And then you try and, you know, you tell people about it by going to bulletin boards and forums. No social media. <laughs> you know, ad buying wasn't even really quite taking off yet. It was just about to start. So it was the wild, wild west. Great experience, though. You know, all everything I did from that point forward, began from that first ever successful money-making website I made. So, you know, I owe a lot to that time in my life. So, so, uh, so give, give us some context. Okay, this started making money. What, what kind of money are we talking about? I mean, are you making like $5 so that you could, you know, pay for <laughs> hosting and that kind of stuff? Or was it like legit, legit business? You know, I still would call class it more hobby business. Like it, it made five hundred to a thousand dollars a month in profit in, in money in my pocket during the, the peak time. Nice. Uh, now it was advertising income. I sold banners at like twenty-five to fifty dollars a month for nice. a banner spot. I had a, a newsletter because I could send uh, an email to every member of my forum. So I didn't have like an autoresponder like we have today. It was just a forum software that you could broadcast to all the members. And, you know, I had a few, probably had a few thousand at that point. So I charged money to basically put a text-based ad in my regular newsletter to my forum members. I made nice. a bit of money from that. And because I was reasonably good at this card game, I actually won some cards because that's what you often win if you're, you know, t getting in the top eight of a tournament, which I did sometimes. So I sold cards that I'd won and then I started to buy some cards wholesale. I actually got hit by credit card fraud because I went Ooh. through a whole learning experience about selling to Thailand and, oh, and, no. and dis discovered what credit card fraud is and, and how the credit card system works. There's a whole story there that would take me 10 minutes to explain, <laughs> Leslie, so I won't go into it, but it, it really was a shocking experience and lost the, I lost pretty much all the profits of that company to oh, the wow. point to the credit card fraud. So that was a bit rough. Um, but what eventually happened after that was around you know, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, I'm getting close to graduating and I actually wanted to build something different because I was kind of losing interest in the game. Yeah. You know, I still loved owning a website about it, but I stopped playing. I stopped going to tournaments. I actually, ironically enough, became a journalist for the game where I'd start covering tournaments as a writer. So uh, I didn't see the connection to many years later that that was the first time I ever did online writing. Huh. Um, about something that kind of was like blogging. So everything around this card game was my, really was the start of even blogging in some ways. But I wanted to have a, a, a more serious business because I also felt this business was not gonna make me a full-time income. I didn't want to grow it any further. Plus, I learned about the potential to sell a website uh, a, a few years later too. So I actually did sell that card game website for $13,500, which oh, was nice. a huge amount of money for me at the time. So oh, yeah. it was a big win. Very and cool. what I did next, or I actually kind of did this concurrently. So I had the card game website, but I also started another business called betteredit.com. So I was in the middle of my university degree. And you'll like this. I was in the magazine shop at the local newsagent, or I don't know what they call them here. They're called newsagents in Australia. Place where you buy magazines. Yeah, from. magazine shop. <laughs> magazine shop. That's what I call them. <laughs> yeah. People, what's a news agent? They don't know what that is when I say that here in Canada. So um, I saw this Yahoo print magazine. So back then, Yahoo was like the big player, right? Uh, they had a print magazine where they just talked about all the dot-com stuff going on. And I read about this guy who, would, who was in university, in Harvard, studying a business degree, but he was actually running an essay editing service on the side, which was doing so good that he was thinking about dropping out. He was getting tons of press coverage because his story was so interesting. You know, young guy uh, doing a tech startup in the, the dot-com boom from his dorm room. 
it was like honey for journalists mm. kind of, you know, to, to come and write about it. So I took that concept and thought, I'm going to start something similar in Australia, but I'm going to tailor it to the Australian market, which was heavy with international students who didn't have English as a first language. Oh. So I started this service called betteredit.com. And it, my goal was kind of to try and make the, the eBay of editing services. And you know, this is such a common thing today. If you look at Upwork or Freelancer, you know, basically a middleman website connecting with contractors with people who want to buy the services, right? That's exactly what I did with Better Edit. I hired PhD graduates and university professors who then did the editing of essays of mostly international students with English as a second language studying in Australian and Canadian and American and British universities. So I built the website, hired the contractors, did some SEO because SEO was starting to become a thing then thanks to Google. And uh, it turned into my first ever full-time income business after graduating from university. I went, you know, 100% into that business. And for the next few years, that's how I made my living. So, so I go to betteredit.com right now and I see a site and it looks like it's still functioning. Are you like running an undercover editing company that I don't <laughs> know about or something like that? No, no, that was also sold. I, I, I mean, if you want to fast forward in, uh, in 2007, I mean, this is jumping a bit, but I ended up actually selling that business but it's because of that business that i started blogging if you want to you know to continue the story yeah. <laughs> just take it forward here so you know i sell my card game website um i can't remember the year but it was probably uh, coming up 2006 maybe but around 2003 2004 2005 i'm basically running both my editing business and my card game business but I was kind of living, you know, the laptop lifestyle or doing the four hour work week, however you want to call it today before that was a thing. And because my goal was always to create a website business that didn't suck 12 hours of my life away every day. Mm. It was it was hands off. It was maybe a few hours a day of work and the machine would kind of carry itself. So that's kind of what happened. This card game website, you know, was just a forum community where people were buying and selling and trading cards. So there was a, a community. And the proofreading company, I did the SEO, I had to put up posters, and I had to forward a few emails back and forth. But that was, you know, an hour or two a day kind of work, maybe four hours at most. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And again, to be honest, I wasn't really in love with any of these businesses. So I was still kind of being impacted by good old shiny object syndrome. You know, hearing about the guys making millions with affiliate marketing or pay-per-click marketing or niche AdSense websites or, you know, doing uh, email marketing and making a ton of money. So I was learning about all of that and, and I kind of got pulled in that direction a bit while still maintaining these businesses because that was my livelihood, right? So uh, what eventually happened was in 2004, someone, a friend of mine said to me, blogging is a great way to get free traffic from Google. <laughs> so I, you know, I was all about that. Uh, I didn't know what a blog was, though. I went and looked at a couple, and they looked like normal websites to me. Um, I couldn't see much difference besides maybe people were talking about you know more personal stuff. So uh, to learn about it, I installed movable type software on my editing business website. So I had betteredit.com forward slash blog and started to attempt to write about the very exciting world of essay editing, which was not my strong point. <laughs> um, you, you'd probably be better at that than me being a professor, Leslie. I, I, you know, I wasn't an editor or proofreader myself. I was the middleman connecting these people. So I tried to write to get to my target market, but I kept finding myself writing more about running the business as an entrepreneur mm. and less about what I needed to do to get customers, which was you know, probably right editing tips and writing tips and that sort of thing. So within three months, gave it up. But in January of 2005, I decided I'll keep going with this whole writing about running a business thing because I enjoyed it. And that's why I registered entrepreneurs-journey.com, really not intending it to become my future as it has been now for the last sort of 10, 15 years, uh, 11 years, 12 years. So registered domain name, uh, tried movable type, realized WordPress was starting to become the top platform. So I think I quickly changed to that. And I just brain dumped stories as a blogger, as we tend to do, especially during the early days from the previous seven years. Because, you know, I started in 98. This is 2005. Uh -huh. So I just told stories about how I set up my card game website. I told the story of the credit card fraud. 
I told the story of hiring editors and building the website and doing SEO tricks with it to get traffic and pricing models, how I price things with my editing company and you know all the different things I'd learned with those two businesses plus a few other things I'd had over those seven years. And uh, you know, kind of the rest is history. It turned into uh, my blog. Traffic starts showing up, and like I can keep telling that story, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll let so, you guide. So, what's interesting about this to me is you, you're starting something. Let's say we're we're focused on the better edit, and you're doing it because you know you can make some money with it. it it's kind of similar to how I I started with the freebie trading because I wanted to make some money with it, and then at a certain point you realize, man, I'm more excited about the business and the and and that stuff. That, that aspect of it. And I want to share more about that. So I think that's very interesting. Um, okay, so you started Entrepreneur's Journey and uh, that started taking off. Um, I think I remember you saying you, you, you didn't start an email list when you first started that blog. Is that correct? That's correct. Like, uh, you know, you might remember this RSS feeds was uh, like yes. the new thing, right? And people were saying the death of the email list grow your RSS feed. It's, it, it was the dawn of social media, right? And that was supposed to disconnect us with one-way communication formats like static websites and email broadcasts. It was all about social interacting, interaction, subscribing with feeds, doing things with feeds. So uh, I, I didn't, you know, and to be absolutely honest too, I was looking at my peers, right? I was following Darren Rouse. You know, Darren yeah, yeah, popped yeah. up around that time too. He was just getting started with his church photography blog. So Darren showed up, Brian Clark shows up with Copy Blogger. A couple of other people start popping up on the radar. But also around this time, I fell into the world of the sort of direct response internet marketing guys. So, um, you know, John Reese did a Traffic Secrets launch, the first ever million dollar information product launch around that time too. So I'm learning from blog, learning about blogging, by blogging from bloggers, but I'm also learning about the power of email marketing and direct response and copywriting from these other guys. So I kept my finger on both worlds. So it took me a year of blogging. So it was 2005 until 2006, I had no email list, but the writing was on the wall by 2006, have an email list. So, you know, I put the little opt-in box on my blog design and started getting five to 10 people subscribing per day. But even that was a challenge because I wasn't sure, you know, what do I start an email list about? My blog's about entrepreneurship, but I have to think about what am I going to use this list for? I don't want to just have a list for the yeah. sake of having a list, right? So I was, uh, you know, also delaying because I didn't know what to potentially, because it's hard when you start, you know, you're writing a blog and you write an email list. How do you decide what goes where? And it wasn't until mm. developing kind of what I even do today to kind of understand that, you know, the email list is much more laser targeted, sequential content with a core outcome where the blog, you can kind of bounce around a bit more with your ideas and your yeah. subject matter. So it took me a while to figure that out. So I, I, I remember in 2008, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Right. I was doing freebie trading. I got frustrated with it because I always had to be out there in the forums trying to get people and getting more people and all that good stuff. And I stumbled onto, uh, I think, w one of your earlier Blog Profits. Now, it wasn't Blog Profits Blueprint. I think it was some other ebook. Uh, talking about blogging. First time I heard about blogging as a business, and I joined your email list since we're talking about that. I got your blog profits blueprint and I started getting valuable content from you and I thought it was very interesting. And one day I, I started like looking forward to whenever this Yarrow name pops up in my email in my email inbox. Mm -hmm. And then one day I you announce Blog Mastermind, which was your membership site. What made you decide to go in the direction of launching a membership site? Mm -hmm. You know, it took a while. Like I, I, same lesson was being thrown at me over and over again. You have to have a product of your own for sale. So at that point, so kind of like 2006, 2007, I made money from my blog through advertising and affiliate sales, like a lot of people did back then and, and still do still today. Yep. Uh, but the information product world was very appealing to me. And I, I really was interested in you know having a list and selling a membership site. There were a couple of great examples too. So first of all, there was you know Jeff Walker, Product Launch Formula, and all the people that were doing launches. That was exciting to me. And it seemed to make a big difference to the growth of your business to do a launch. And also, there was some people in Australia I knew, um, Andrew and Daryl Grant, who were doing amazing things with a really basic membership model where they would charge $47 a month 
and they send one email a week and they had this stick rate of like 12 months. People would be members for 12 months. And all they did was basically write an email every week to their members. And that's all they, they gave them for that money. So, you know, I thought this is, it's, it's a low hanging fruit opportunity. And by then, you know, I had my list. I probably had 3000 people on my email list. I had a similar amount of people subscribing to my blog and visiting each day. So I had an opportunity and I just wasn't taking advantage of it. And I'll be, again, completely honest with you, it was purely fear-based. You know, I was afraid no one would want to buy anything I created or I wouldn't be a good teacher or I'd botch up the launch process and, uh, you know, I didn't want to make all these mistakes. So I actually ended up spending eight months writing an ebook that I would never actually sold and never oh, released no. it. So, you know, it took a long time and I, it was kind of a combination of basically what I just told you, seeing other people doing what they were doing. I was like, this is crazy. So I think it was January 2007 where I said, that's it, launch deadline. This is coming out in, uh, I think it was May or June. I'm releasing this. Got, my, got a team together, got my tech person on board, got I even hired an affiliate manager, even though I didn't really need them, but I hired them because that's what everyone else was doing. <laughs> um, got my affiliate manager, my tech person, and my copywriter got a sales page written. I wrote the blueprint then. I actually gave myself a, a deadline and took me five weeks to, from start to end, writing that blueprint, formatting it, get it all up and running. And then just having a deadline, you know, launch the program, uh, amazing. I got 400 people signed up to that after the launch was done after two weeks. Uh, you know, on some levels I was blown away. Um, you know, it, it was a real learning experience. And then I had to go through everything that happens afterwards. You know, I had to actually create the course. <laughs> I had to deal with people wanting to cancel because, you know, they, they didn't know when it, how long it would last for. So that's when I turned it from a membership site into an actual six-month course instead. Uh -huh. And I think that's probably coming up to you getting involved because yep. you would have probably joined when it was a six-month program I did. Uh, at, at like $100 a month or something like that because I doubled the price and... And it was a really amazing experience because it showed me, A, that yes, selling your own stuff really works better because of the strong relationship people have with you. They're more likely to buy your stuff way more than an affiliate recommendation. And also, you know, 47 a month from even 100 people is so much better than having ads where you might be making 100 bucks a month from each advertiser and you can only get four or five. So, you know, it's a much smaller amount of money there. Uh, and, and that's when I went fully hardcore into this idea of, of having a flagship course because I continued to promote Blog Mastermind and then I created another flagship course and then Gideon came into the picture um, and, uh, you know, he, he popped up with amazing video skills back when YouTube had just sort of yeah. become prominent, right? So I know you, you and Gideon already kind of sh shared the Become a Blogger story, but just from the, you know, the back end with, with, I'd never met Gideon before. I was mutually introduced with a, a friend named JJ, who's a magician who I interviewed on my podcast a little while back. They were both uh, actors and they had the same gig once I think they were going for. So they, they got introduced to her agents or something like that. JJ, want, uh, you know, Gideon wanted me to meet JJ or something back and forth. Anyway, got involved with Gideon. Gideon was a great guy saw what he was doing with the video because he was interviewing internet marketers and I said, hey, I want to, I've got this domain name I bought called becomeablogger.com yeah. and that domain name, I actually said no to buying it because this it actually came from someone randomly emailing me and saying, you know how this happens, it still happens today, right? Like they send an email to you if you have a domain name uh, similar to one they've got for sale, right? So this guy said, hey, I noticed you got Blog Mastermind would you consider buying becomeablogger.com? And I was like, nah, I'm doing well enough with Blog Mastermind. I don't know what I would do with that one. So I said no. And then I, a few months later, when I, after I met Gideon, I thought, you know what? I need a basic place to send people to to learn how to set up a blog. So I'd like to hire you, Gideon, to create introductory training videos. And I went back to that guy and he, he sold me the domain name for a hundred bucks. Nice. Becomeablogger.com. I think, I think it was worth it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So uh, we actually, we like, we dug into the entire Become a Blogger story in episode number 273. So if you want to check that out, becomeablogger.com slash 273. We're going to fast forward because uh, because we covered the story, number one, but I want to get to this whole sales funnel concept. When did you start really thinking about, hey, I got to set up a sales funnel or multiple sales funnel? How did how did that even come about for you? Right. So it, yeah, it's a good time to switch over to that because 
you know, the, up to that point, I was basically creating these courses, launching them, relaunching them. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, made a ton of money, um, you know, bought my first property, traveled the world, lived a great life. But eventually I, I had to close them down because they were all dated. Right. So I had an opportunity to kind of rebuild my business in around sort of 2012 and uh, recreate everything, not from scratch because I had an audience and I had a list, but I had no products on the market. So I'm thinking, what do I want to do now? And something I'd learned about back in sort of 2007, 2008 was this concept called a sales funnel. And it really was the next step for me because I, I, I knew it at the time too, but I was just doing so well with just doing launches of these courses, these flagship courses. I didn't really want to go back and start constructing a funnel because what I had learned about the way these funnels work is you actually create lower priced products and then you have things like upsells and then the idea the core idea is more people are likely to buy your higher priced course or you know whatever it is you sell you might have some sort of conference or maybe you have a, a year-long coaching program whatever we're talking about it's a thousand dollar plus type thing it's easier to sell that to people who are ready customers so if you can get a bunch of people who to buy your ebook, for example, or, you know, your low level video training that costs under $100, and it's obviously less work to sell a lower price product too. So I basically sat down and said, I want to turn my business into a proper funnel now that I get to recreate it from scratch. So I mapped it out. It was really fun. I, I actually recommend everyone do this if you're kind of at the starting point of creating products is to sit down and first of all go, what does my audience want? What can I possibly give them? And then how can I take that those needs and, and uh, concepts and put that into a product funnel where you go, okay, I'll have this entry-level product at $50 or whatever it is, then an upsell to a continuity membership site that's you know $40 a month or something like that. And then I'm going to lead them on to my flagship course, which will be $2,000, and I'll maybe launch it to them once a year, but I'll also make it available on the back end to only people who buy lower price products. So I sat there and said, well, I can do an ebook on this and I can do an ebook on this. And I've got already a bunch of content on these subjects because I'd written blog posts, right? Like one of the kind of hidden secrets about what I did back then that anyone who's a blogger and who spent some time writing can do is repurpose your existing content. Yeah. So my, ebooks which i have three of today they're they're not 100 percent brand new when i wrote them i actually took articles that i already had written in my blog and i took other materials from other things like bonus things that i created for other products and i weave them together with some new content to make sure it actually flowed like an ebook but it, it wasn't like i was sitting there writing from scratch which allowed me to much more rapidly produce these three ebooks um, i also wanted to have a something like you'd like this, I, I had a podcast since I started blogging, right? And I thought, it's crazy how much people like podcasts, yet how few people actually sell audio content, right? There's so few people who are great with podcasting who then go forward and actually sell, I, I call it a paid podcast, you know, charge for the same thing, just make it premium. So I wanted to do that. So I actually then spent another six months creating an interviews club, kind of like what we're doing here, but it was a bit more... Uh, packaged. I did a, some reports to go with it. So, you know, I mapped out all these products and then I had to map out the way to sell them. Right. And I, and obviously, you know, you build this one step at a time, but at, at this point I was just creating the vision for what I wanted it to look like long-term. I knew I was looking at probably three years of work, but I wanted to really see where I was heading. I didn't want to kind of be throwing products out the door, hoping they'll work. I wanted to connect the dots to say, this product's going to eventually be an upsell to this product. It's going to lead to this back-end <laughs> course. I'm going to have a membership site. You know, you're creating a little uh, interwoven machine with all these emails connecting everything together. So that was the planning phase for what eventually became, you know, my blog sales funnel. So I, I want to dissect your blog sales funnel. But before we even go into that, right, I'm listening to this now and I'm imagining someone is saying, man, that sounds like super complicated. Like th that, it sounds insane. And and I, I think back to when I've seen you do like launches of Blog Mastermind or launches of whatever product 
and some and and promote launches of affiliate products and so on. And I've seen you make a ton of money doing that. Why go from hey doing these one-off launches or whatever the case might be, uh, time-sensitive launches? to doing this kind of an evergreen sales funnel um, when before you could make a lot of money at once and then I don't know if you just chill or whatever the case <laughs> might be, um, so, you know, travel the world and all that good stuff. Why not continue with the launches? Why go in this direction? Well, one big reason, launches are a lot of work. Yeah. So, and I think anyone who's done one will agree with this. You You don't want to have that as a, mandatory requirement for your business to function long term because it's tiring and it's kind of like it's almost like you're a pop star right you have to be madonna <laughs> you know you can't be a one-hit wonder because you're only going to last for one or two years you know you basically have to constantly reinvent what's cool find new affiliate partners find new ways to launch uh, and people do do that you know there's two prime examples of marie forleo with b school and yeah. jeff walker with product launch formula right they both just do one big main launch a year. You know, they'll pocket eight figures, $10 million, $20 million in membership fees and course fees from that and call it a good year. Why, you know, why not, right? Um, but they do other things throughout the year, but that's their one big hoo-ha. So I, I was not interested in forever doing launches. I was, what I really hate about it is constantly having to ask your friends for favors, you know, trying to get someone to promote a launch is like pulling teeth and then everyone wants you to reciprocate. So I was getting tired of that kind of aspect of it. Plus I really wanted to have a steady cash flow. So, you know, this, this is an interesting time because, because I'd taken down all my courses, I had gone down to way, way lower income, like a little bit of affiliate income, a tiny bit of advertising income. Cause I was even moving away from advertising. Like right now I have no advertising on my blog. And by then I was, you know, back then I was starting to remove it all. So you know, I was going from making a consistent 20 to $30,000 a month and getting, you know, that, that was for many couple of like two or three years, uh, plus even more when we did a launch to 2000 a month to something, 1000 a month, you know, barely what would cover your rent and food sort of money. So, um, I was keen to rebuild a platform that wasn't based on advertising or affiliate income that was entirely my own products. And I could like, like good example right now, I haven't launched a single thing last month or this month yet. I'm still seeing that 20 to 30 grand go into my bank account. Right. Or at least, you know, coming in sales and that, that was without launches. That's without uh, promoting affiliate products without doing, you know, any kind of broadcasting messages to promote something. So, that's just people finding my blog, joining an email list, buying an ebook, buying a course, going through some sort of evergreen sequence to buying my flagship program, buying s smaller courses I've got, you know, whatever it is they're, they're going through. And that uh, plus recurring membership fees for my, my continuity program. And that's been built up over the, the last two or three years as I've turned that vision into a reality. And I still do launches. Don't get me wrong. I did one this year, but it's no longer like the fuel, I guess it's more like the, the fun money in some ways. It's like, you know, you can make a hundred grand from a launch, but still be confident if that launch bombs out, you're not going to have no money for the rest of the year. Okay. So I, I love this concept. And let's say uh, somebody's listening to this right now and they're saying, I'm sold. I want to spend the next year or two or whatever the case might be building out a strong email funnel. So let's switch to the how-to. Where do I start? Let's say I have a blog teaching people how to blog or I have a blog teaching people how to make awesome recipes or I have a blog, whatever the case might be. Mm. Where do I start? Okay, so I mean a good example I've got for you, um, I can't really share too many details because she's never given me permission to talk <laughs> in detail about her story. <laughs> but I have a, a client who's recently been applying this. Uh, she's in the intuitive uh, healing sort of markets. She does intuitive readings and she teaches people how to become intuitives, right? So, you know, a bit of a, a spiritual subject, but it's still teaching. Uh, and she recently switched over from kind of the broadcast launch mode to creating a basic email sequence to sell her main course, right? So she pretty much copied and pasted what I, what I teach um, and is what I use in multiple places in my business. So, you know, if you're starting, it doesn't matter what you're selling, you know, it, it really does, it's just selling. So you can be selling anything, it can be physical products, it can be software, 
It can be your own coaching materials. It can be personal coaching. It can be a flagship course. It's all about laying out a sequence of information on autopilot, thankfully, through the power of things like autoresponders, you know, automatic emails. So that's the, the first psychology here is to stop using broadcast messages, you know, one-off newsletters, and switch to a, at least a two-week sequence of emails going out to people that is strategically designed to sell what it is you sell. Uh, the great thing about this, if you've ever done any kind of selling before, you already know the core principles. You know, you need your case studies. You need your examples of what you do that works. So examples of your product being used or examples of your coaching clients. You need uh, to know the problem well enough so that you can really speak to the needs of your people. You need to know what the uh, the, um, the way to fix it. You know, you got to have some kind of solution for them. And then you just got to line it up. So the way I teach people as a basic starting point, this is the really simplest version. Let's just say you have um, uh, anything like a, it could be an ebook, it could be a one to two hour video training program. It could even be just private coaching one-on-one -on -one over the phone you sell. You start with, you need obviously your opt-in and you can have a lead magnet, but if you don't even have a lead magnet, you can just have an email course. This is actually how I sell my eBooks today. It's sign up for an email course. It's not sign up for a free report. It's not sign up for a handout or a download. It's just sign up for an email course and they sign up, they get the first email and then I send them six to eight to 10 emails over the next two weeks. So what I'd recommend you do over that period, I have a, a the basic structure is a two week process. Week one, education, and introduction of product, right? So, you know, the first lesson you might be, you know, talking about the problem they have, um, explaining how you had it, maybe telling a little bit of background story with your situation. This can actually be a blog post. In fact, most of my email courses are just links to blog posts. I send an email out and say, go read this blog post, right? So I start with that basic introductory education. Then two days later, you send them uh, another how-to piece of information. So, you know, you might have talked about the problem, but not really taught them how to solve it yet. The second email you start teaching. And in that email, you also maybe link to the blog post. That's where you could teach. And you also introduce the product at full price. It's really important to take advantage of classic persuasion triggers like scarcity and social proof, having deadlines, you know, having a reason to buy now. The way I like to do it is Okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you move on, you said scarcity, sure. social proof. Um, just define those really quick, just in case somebody doesn't know what you're talking about. Okay. The three that I use the most myself are scarcity, social proof, and authority. So scarcity is this thing is going away if you don't buy it now. Um, usually it's, you know, this special price is going to be taken off. The product itself might be taken away. Sometimes it's just special bonuses are being taken away. You know, maybe you'll do a private one-on-one -on -one call with them if they buy this week, but if they buy next week, you won't. I personally like the price change one um, at this low entry level. I try not to do it too much on the higher price stuff, um, but it's always for me the strongest swaying point. If people are told you're going to pay $50 less today than you're going to do next week, they usually get off the fence and buy. Uh, social proof is demonstrating what you sell or what you teach or what you do works by showing other people getting the result. So that's where your case studies are really important. Uh, if you can have a story, an interview, a video, an audio, or even just an article that someone else explains how they had a problem, then they looked for solutions, they couldn't solve it themselves, they struggled, then they came across your training, then they start implementing it, they talk about what they did, they talk about what changed in their life, they talk about how the problem went away, they attribute it all to you, or at least a good chunk of it to you, then that is a very powerful piece of social proof because what, what the audience wants to see is not just you succeeding, but you having helped other people succeed. That's really important. And authority simply means you're classifying yourself as someone who knows something about a subject because you've either spent a lot of time researching it, you've got an official qualification, Leslie has a PhD, so that makes his biology blog more authoritative. 
Um, sometimes authority is simply by association. You know, this is why you'll see people put themselves uh, photos with them with celebrities because there's an association that, oh, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you've been around him, therefore you must be some kind of special person. So those three things in particular highlight uh, you as a trustworthy source to buy from. You're, all, you're just establishing trust, essentially. So anything you can do with authority, if you can talk about you know, your own results, if you can talk about uh, any special achievements you've had, certainly any qualifications you've had, but really it's just, uh, for me, the best way to demonstrate your authority is uh, just show yourself living life having not had the problem. Um, you know, for me, it's like photographs of me sitting in cafes living the laptop lifestyle, that's what I kind of put out there, right? So, uh, yeah, but each industry is different. So I put those three things into this two-week email sequence, but it's subtle. You know, you're not just saying, here, look at my social proof. Here's a case study. You're just telling the story. Yeah. And that's, that's what elicits the persuasion that leads to trust, that leads to the customer. So going back to the, those two-week sequence, those first three emails, it's content, you know, introduction, how to, and then maybe case study. And, you know, case studies are teaching as well. The second week, I introduced the, the element of scarcity, which usually is, hey, this week I'm doing a discount on my ebook. And, you know, it's only until the end of this week, five days, seven days, whatever it is. Uh, then that week, you might drop another case study. You might drop some more teaching. But throughout that content, you're emphasizing the deadline running out. And obviously, the last email you send is that final warning email. And you've only got 24 hours, 12 hours, whatever it is to take advantage of the special. So the, the trick is to write this sequence so it's evergreen. So people can go through that forever, basically. So, you know, someone might search Google, find your blog post, see a pop up to join your email course, sign up. Over the next two weeks, get these six emails and then buy that product because they went through that process. You weren't part of any of that. All of that was already created. You, it, it was set up. The traffic comes for free as well because it searches in traffic. Bloggers, you know, we get that because that's what we do. We build blogs that get traffic. And uh, that's the machine. I call it a machine that runs behind your blog. Now, you can take that to the next level by adding things like upsells and more email sequences following that first sale to sell other things. That's kind of like taking it to the next level. But the basic level is simply making the decision to create a very strategic, very purposeful two-week minimum email sequence to sell whatever it is you sell rather than just saying, here's a newsletter, here's another newsletter, here's another newsletter. And that's, uh, that's what I did. So I spent the last three years creating products and creating these funnels and um, you know those ebooks and my courses and my, my flagship course sell like I literally three years ago wrote the first one selling my mindset and productivity guide that still sells every single month because of that email sequence I wrote three years ago and that ebook I put together three years ago so it's you know it's powerful when you put the time in to build it how are you pricing these ebooks? Because it sounds like you're you're dealing with low price stuff on the front end. How are you pricing it? Yeah, this is tricky. Like you know, if you're just getting started, it's a, a long slog to go and put together a fifty dollar ebook or a thirty dollar ebook or a twenty dollar ebook, and then you know build the funnel and then get the traffic, and then you realize you're making twenty dollars per sale, and you're like, this is a slow way to get rich, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, if you're starting out from scratch often it's actually better to go straight to a, a higher price product. So I would look at creating something like a webinar evergreen sequence that sells a $300 course or something instead. Because at least then, you know, you only need 10 sales a month from this sequence to start making three grand a month. Um, it's a little bit more work. You know, the webinar takes a special set of skills to create one. Same with writing a free report. You know, one of my funnels is a free report plus three videos that sells my, my $1,000 course. Um, with that, I, if I sell 10 a month from that sequence, it's $10,000. So it's a lot different from selling 10 of my eBooks at $29 each and making $300, right? So you know, you gotta decide where your starting point is. Uh, in, in my case, I had this plan. I wanted to get uh, three eBooks written because I already had the content for most of them. So I said, I'm gonna have Three ebook packages. They come with bonuses, obviously, to you know, increase the value. So the the full price is forty nine dollars. The discount special during the second week is twenty nine dollars, 
uh, and there's three of those I have running. But you know, even if you aim to just produce one, and one of the things I love to do is I have a membership site. So every person who buys an ebook is offered a one month free trial on the membership site, and we get about half half the people buying the ebook saying yes to that. So you know, it immediately turns a one off thirty dollar purchase into a recurring. $49 purchase. Now, not all the members stay on, but some of them do, and it you know grows my business overall. So the, the system can really work well together if you do have, and this is the, the strategy regarding pricing. If you look at funnel psychology, it's exactly what you said, Leslie. It's all about a low price product to get people through the door so that they become customers. The fact that they committed to one small piece of training from you means they're much more likely to buy the bigger stuff later on. You know, as you can imagine, most of the people who buy my flagship course have been in contact with some significant resource from me, either buying an ebook, maybe attending a webinar, or going completely through the Blog Profits Blueprint. You know, they need enough exposure to my teaching in order to justify spending that much money and trusting me, as you did, right, way yeah. back in the day, buying the Blueprint, uh, going through the Blueprint. So. That's the psychology. You're thinking, I need some. If I'm going to sell a thousand dollar product, I need higher, more strong touch points. And if they're willing to spend money on an ebook or a one hour video from you, uh, or even maybe attend a webinar that you charge for, that's more likely to lead them to buying the higher price stuff later down the track. So if I am just kind of getting started out, uh, just starting out, and I want to build, you know, a sales funnel, I want to start selling my products and so on. Let's say I build that first uh, two week sequence that sells a one hour webinar. Okay. Is it better at that point? to go deeper and then offer something after that webinar and then after that thing that you uh, offer after that webinar? Or is it better to say, okay, so I have that one funnel. It is starting to bring in some sales. Let me go and create another funnel. Mm. That's a good question. You know, there's no uh, one size fits all answer to this. Like even with the webinar example you're giving there, I'd often recommend to someone who's just getting started, you know, if you've never done a webinar, don't necessarily charge for that either. I, I would look at your funnel as getting people on the webinar funnel. So, you know, opt in to the webinar, create those lead up emails, what I would call a free email course, as a course to get people to attend the webinar. Got I have it. this in one of my webinar sequences. I actually give them three very, very short videos. We're talking five minutes each. And it's basically teasing what they're going to learn in the webinar. So it's all about getting to the webinar. The webinar is your opportunity to really teach with focused attention, multimedia. And that's when you would sell, you know, your $300, your $500, your $1,000, or even $2,000 product on the webinar. And then you follow up afterwards. So your funnel would be mostly free. But because you're putting in the effort to do a really good webinar, that's almost the same as them committing to buying an ebook. They're not spending money, but they're spending an hour and a half of their time on that webinar. That's huge. So that's a lot of attention. That gives you the potential to build enough trust to sell a higher price product. So if you're thinking webinars, I would go down that path. Uh -huh. I got a lot of students who are scared. <laughs> what you know of doing yeah. webinars <laughs> so they uh you know they don't want to go to webinars first they like the idea of writing some emails or writing maybe a handout and if that's the case then you got to decide what's your first product for sale you know if this is new to you then it's a bit more challenging because you have to decide all these big decisions if you already have products you already have visitors to your blog you can kind of use that as a research point to just you know start with because you might just need to set up a funnel to a product you already have you just never built a funnel you just keep launching it you know once a month or something but now you can create a permanent evergreen funnel that's just a few emails um, what I think a lot of people are doing today that seems to work really well is a low-priced product uh, that's offered multiple times. So let's take a $20 or a $19. Uh, I won't call, not even call it an ebook. Let's call it like a manual. You know, it's probably only 30 pages or something like that. And what you do is you create an opt in box that might say, hey, join to get a, uh, a free handout or something like that, or just an email course. As soon as they opt in, you're actually saying, hey, do you want to upgrade this freebie to my, my manual instead of? 
29, it's 19, but only now when you opt in. This is a common, they call it a tripwire nowadays, but yep. it's basically a post opt-in offer. They might say no, they might say yes. Uh, obviously, if they say yes, they get the product, they're a customer. If they say no, they go into that email sequence that's giving them that whole process, education, and then it's selling that that front-end resource, $29, $19. And the whole idea here is you're trying to graduate people from I'm just a casual reader of the blog to I have subscribed to an email list, which means I'm more interested, I'm more targeted, to I've bought a product, I'm a customer, I'm I'm really part of your inner circle, to I bought your high price stuff, I want the best in everything you have, I want to work with you longer, and you know that really is where you make the six figures. If you're going to have a $100,000 business, it's going to be probably those 100 people who end up spending $1,000 or more a year on your stuff. Love it. Okay, so somebody is listening to this and they're like, I want to go deeper in this stuff. Obviously, we can't go deeper in this episode because we are out of time. So where should I send them? You know, if you want to experience a webinar funnel, I've just set one up. It's probably a great chance for you to not only learn the process, but also experience it. Um, go to platformlaunchplan.com. That would be the best place to dive in and just watch the emails I send. Watch the webinar because it talks about what we're, we're talking about here and, and how to you know sell with blogs. And uh, watch the follow-up sequence, and that's a great way to experience it all. That's platformlaunchplan.com. Platformlaunchplan.com. Yaro, my man, thank you so much for coming on here and providing so much value. Thank you, Leslie. You are very much welcome. Hey, guys, check it out, platformlaunchplan.com. I know you're going to get value from there. How do I know that? Because, I mean, come on, he taught me. So if he taught me, he knows something, right? <laughs> Uh, I know you can tell that he, he he's very experienced with all this stuff and you'll get a lot of value from him. Anyhow, this was episode 275. If you want the show notes for this, you're thinking to yourself, man, I was driving in my car and I didn't get to take notes. Don't worry about it. We took notes for you. Becomeablogger.com slash 275. And one other thing, hey, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want to be coached by me, I want to invite you to check check something out. It's called the Become a Blogger Coaching Club. I want to coach you for free for the next 30 days. Yep, for free. Just go to blogging co bloggercoaching.com. And when you register there, you're going to get access to all my courses and, and, and a, a live, the live group calls that we do and the Facebook group. Some awesome stuff. You're going to love it. Once again, that's bloggercoaching.com. Head on over there and uh, let's get this party started. That's pretty much it for today's episode. This was episode 275. This is Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>